Hi, this is Donna Otto. Welcome to Homemakers. We're so glad you're here. We love getting the news of what's going on in your family and what your needs are. We love ideas for shows. But the idea we have right now is the idea of spending the next few weeks together talking about a subject that is near and dear to all of our hearts, and that's the preparation for Easter. I was going through some files recently and discovered that I wrote the first Easter pageant that our household has been doing in 1977. And I said to my husband, it's really interesting how something happens in your life and whatever it was, it just changed my thinking about the difference in Christmas and Easter. And through the years, it's continued to evolve. So I'm here to remind you, to encourage you, to give you scattles of ideas. You heard me, ideas. When you've had too many, just put your hands up and say, enough, and uh, go with one idea that you love the best. Each day, I'll give you a new activity for something you can do at home. This is the preparation for Easter. And often you hear us talking about the 40 days of preparation uh, for Easter. And that 40 days of preparation is um, a time where we pause long enough to examine ourselves, what we're doing, and in my case, um, to get ready with some excitement and anticipation. So suddenly, um, I want to talk about today the things that this kind of examination looks like. First of all, I want you to open your Bibles, and if you don't have your Bibles, I'm going to read aloud to you two verses. And if you have been in the church um, in any plateau, you've probably heard these verses in the book of Philippians, written by Paul, chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable and pure and lovely. And how many times do you walk away from any situation and the only thing you can think about is whatever is negative, whatever is not good. One of the words that describes my personality is a refiner. My husband has grown to hate that word. He said, you're not a refiner. How many times you just see the worst piece and want to fix it. And his accusation is often right, isn't it? It's often right of all of us. We, we go away from something and we say, well, how can we make that better? What was wrong with that? What did I say wrong? What did she say wrong? What does the event look like? So Paul is telling us here in this letter and inspiring a philosophy or an approach to really daily life. He urges us to fill our minds and hearts only with things that are holy and true and pure and just and lovely and gracious and commendable. All of those words are building upwards. He urges us to act like a colander in many ways. 
You pour that big pot of steamy pasta into a colander, all the water goes through the sieve, and the important thing, the pasta, which you've been cooking, uh, stays in your colander. And he asks us to do that in our lives. Pour everything through a colander and get from it the spiritual lessons that Jesus wants us to take. This is a time of reflection, a time of examination, a time set aside. Now, I know a lot of you are saying, I don't prepare for Easter 47 days in advance. I know you don't, but I want to encourage you to do a little more this year. If you've never taken a time of separation, and tomorrow we're going to talk a little bit about Christ separation and how this 40 days came to be out of the model of Christ's life. If you've never done this before, could I encourage you to think about doing something? A number of you have written in years past saying, I never did Advent before, and now we're celebrating Advent. We're celebrating Advent on the Sundays before Christmas. We're burning a candle in the month of December. We're reading verses, and the Ministry of Homemakers has provided some of those tools as we often provide tools and resources, and we will provide for you resources and tools and activities for all the days that are ahead of us in this journey of preparation of our heart for Easter. I'm going to encourage you to do some decorations in your home. I'm going to encourage you to change your activities every day. I'm going to encourage you to do what Paul is encouraging you to do here. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, just, pure, and lovely. So let me spend a few minutes on doing that as we begin this amazing time of preparing our hearts for Easter. Are there ways in which I've been dishonest or lacking in authenticity with people closest to me? Whatever is true, he says. Tell, tell the truth. Speak the truth. Are there any areas in which I'm not being honest with myself before the Lord? I love using that phraseology, before the Lord. I'm not being honest before the Lord. Isn't it silly of us how we try to hide things from God? He is, after all, God. And what I think is interesting is the women that I talk to over these years that I've privileged to work in the areas of homemakers, Women who say to me, I love God, I know God, I believe God is the one true living God. And then almost in the next breath they say, but I'm hiding that from God. Now, if you don't believe in God and you've never said yes to God, well, hiding things from God is more a believable activity. But what Paul is reminding us here is, are we trying to hide something from the Lord? But more than that, are we trying to avoid dealing with God? God wants to come in and change and transform our hearts. And this time set aside to prepare our hearts for the greatest day in the history of mankind, Easter. What about whatever is honorable? Am I using my gifts and talents for God? 
is he getting all the credit for it or am I stealing some of the credit for myself? Do my goals in my life and the activities that I do every day, are they more self-centered? Are they more centered on ambitions of the world? Just today, I was talking to a young friend who was saying how easy it is to want to buy the lie of the good life, the life that we see advertised everywhere on every medium you see buy me buy me buy me my husband and i were reading the wall street journal not but a few weeks ago and i said look at this page and on page facing each other so really two pages there were eight advertisements for very expensive watches eight watches well i guess the wall street journal must appeal to men and women who want watches the TV show you're watching, the movie you're seeing, the magazine you're reading, that all appeals to some a part of us that says, buy me, buy me, buy me, because if you do, you will have the good life. Being honorable is how you speak to other people. Are you respectful and straightforward? I'm always amazed at how when I go into a meeting or a situation with another human beings and I am mindful to say, Lord, would you tell me what's respectful for this person? Because what feels like respect to one of us may not feel like respect to someone else. Are you honorable and straightforward in your relationship with others? Whatever is just, am I trying to do the best I can to care for those who are less fortunate than I am? There is always someone less fortunate than I am. Uh, we read every year at Christmas time a book that the ministry recommended as a Christmas read a number of years ago called An Orange for Frankie. And it's a story about a poor family uh, during the Depression when hobos got off the train and needed a meal and how this mama fixed these meals and strong coffee and gave them hobos who got off the train soap and water to clean themselves. Dealing, even though they were less fortunate themselves, they were, there was always someone who, who needed it more than they did. Do you think about that? How can I focus on doing these things for the poor and unfortunate instead of focusing on myself? Whatever is pure, do you guard your eyes? The psalmist tells us to let no unwholesome thing pass before your eyes. Wow, that's harder to do today. Uh, oftentimes we see things on television and it's because there's an advertisement happening in a football game um, that includes a scantily clothed woman or uh, ex exorbitant amounts of drinking or uh, language that's sarcastic and rude to other human beings. There's a vast plethora of things. Do you watch that? Francis Schaeffer said, the spirit of the age seeps into our lives. Are you doing whatsoever is pure? Are you being pure with your thoughts, with your reading, with what you see, with your language? My aunt, who was the greatest and dearest advocate for me as a young girl, and if you don't know my story, my story's listed on the archives of podcasting, but I came from a very poor, barren home life, and my aunt added much richness to my life. But she used to say, People who use vulgar language 
profanity are people who are not smart enough to think of some other word. I've never forgotten that because you hear so often people using not only profanity but vulgarity. And mamas, if you don't know the difference, you should know as you teach your children. Whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious. Um, am I being gracious to those around me? Am I dressing modestly? Am I concerned for others? Am I following Paul's pattern in this very book of Philippians in the second chapter when he tells us to regard others more importantly than ourselves? That is a gracious heart. Philippians 4, chapter 8 and 9, verses 8 and 9, I should say, are really the anchor that holds us to these next days we have together. In these next days, I'm going to give you all sorts of ideas and creative activities to do for your family. Um, we have provided for you on our website. And if you just go to Homemakers by Choice, you'll find our website. You'll find free resources. And there you'll find a calendar. And every day... There's a passage of scripture to read. There's an opportunity to do a family activity. I'm going to encourage you to read these passages as a family. I'm going to encourage you to buy an 18-inch candle today as an activity. Oh, anywhere you can find one and plop it into a candlestick holder and take your black magic marker and write day one, day two, day three, all the way down to the bottom and burn that candle. Make your own. Let your kids participate. Establish any way you want to to burn it down a little every day in anticipation for Easter, which is coming very, very soon. You'll find these readings again on our website under free resources. Blow the trumpet, for we are marching towards Zion. Yes, we are. Dear, dear young friends, women friends, family friends of homemakers, I pray that these days will be days of cherishing who you are, of allowing God to transform you and rearrange how you think. May they be days of preparation. John Newton, the very famous slave trader, said, I am not slave trader turned follower of Christ, I might add. I am not what I ought to be. I am not what I wish to be. I am not even what I hope to be. But by the cross of Christ, I am not what I was. And I pray at the end of these 47 days, at the end of each one of these days, we will be able to say, because of the cross of Christ, what happened on Good Friday, and because of the resurrection, I am not what I was. Bless you. Thank you so much for joining us. We are homemakers, and this is Donna Otto. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day.